This is Soundmaking, a podcast made by Hogan Stenner and myself, Matthew Shlomovitz. Each episode of Soundmaking features a composer or performer discussing the how and why of music they've created. For this episode of Soundmaking, I spoke with Sarah Saviet about her recording of a large-scale solo violin work by Suzanne Lolliver. At the time of this interview, the title for the entire work was still being finalised in advance of its release on the All That Dust label. You'll hear a little bit of the first movement in a moment, a longer extract from the second movement midway through the podcast, and the entirety of the fourth and final movement at the end. In this episode, Sarah speaks about her collaboration with Susan, improvisation, celebrating instability, and how she loves the feeling of playing on massively detuned strings. My name is Sarah Saviet. I'm from Washington, D.C. originally, and have been living in Germany for around 10 years now, and I currently live in Berlin. Yeah, I'm a violinist, improviser, and have, in the past several years, um, started exploring uh, composing. So what you've just heard is around a minute of the first movement from a piece by Suzanne Lolovar, a wonderful composer who I've been working with, uh, towards a release on the fabulous label All That Dust that will be coming out sometime this spring. Um, We first worked together three years ago, right at the beginning of uh, the lockdown uh, episode of our lives. Um, and Susan and I were connected through the Riot Ensemble, which commissioned her to write uh, a short piece for me, which resulted in the second movement uh, from this release. And what we're going to be talking about today is all four movements, which were completed um, this past autumn. We, we came back together to work to develop this into a larger piece uh, when all that dust approached us and and asked if we could work towards a release on the label. Susanne Lolivar is a composer living in London. She is British-Iranian um, and works quite often through improvising on the Santur, um, an Iranian hammer dulcimer instrument, and sort of branches out from that uh, into written music for other instruments. Um, that's sort of the 
the kernel of our collaboration and how this piece was developed. So I sent Susan a, a lot of little voice recordings of strange, quiet Im- explorations. Um, and that's, I think, where sort of our, our pushing off point, point for the piece. Um, she decided to use a scordatura, a detuning of the violin that was really, really deep. So tuning all, all of the strings, the minor six down, which creates a really wonderful wobbly situation in the strings uh, because they're much looser than usual. And when I dig my bow into the strings, there's all of this side noise that's not usually there. And there's the pitch will bend like uh, just bend just naturally when I'm, when I'm using a fast bow. Um, And this tuning really encourages all of these um, unusual quote unquote accidental noises to come out. And I think that was sort of the philosophy of the piece from the beginning to mm, make as much of an exploration of, of that as possible. Um, and um, the whole piece is written in a tuning system that Susan developed uh, just by sort of spontaneously tuning her sound tour and improvising on that and then working out how I could, uh, how I could use that on the violin. So there are a lot of, mm, yeah, microtonal intervals written out, um, which I've embraced in, in sort of a, a spontaneous, also improvisatory way. So just using tuning as a color um, and as, as a timbre that really goes hand in hand with this instability created by the really deep detuning of, of each of the violin strings. The feeling of playing a, an extremely detuned string, so a string that's much, much lower and has much less uh, resistance against my bow than it usually does. Uh, I love this feeling. It's, it's incredibly mm, awakening physically somehow because it's, I, I need to use different, or I can use different kinds of weight and different kinds of bow speed to get sounds that I don't, that I don't usually find. And I feel much more vibrations in my head and in my body coming from the string through the wood, uh, into my, into my skull, <laughs> uh, because the string is vibrating much more loosely and much, much more widely. It almost feels like jumping on a tramp, <laughs> jumping on a trampoline. Um, this sort of initial resistance when you hit it and then you go down and then you bounce up and you have this moment of, of flying. So if I have uh, a fast bow stroke, then I, there's a moment where everything is vibrating really intensely. And it's, it just, all of these fi- feelings of vibration are magnified and I can also play with it very vocally. Like there are lots of vocal dips in the sound, even if I'm playing an open string, it will bend down and then bend back up. Um, yeah, maybe because maybe this this vo- vocal aspect of it really makes me feel even more connected with the sound physically. So I've actually started in the past two years always using or almost always using um, detunings in in my own music just because I really love that feeling. 
So now you'll hear a bit from the second movement, which is called Undone. And I think Undone, out of all the movements, has the clearest and most, yeah, in some ways, the most dramatic, expanding, growing, uh, opening uh, feeling throughout the movement, where we start really obsessed with this idea of, of little sounds that Susan and I had been exploring and of, of wooden, wooden hidden sounds. And, um, there's a cantabile line. There's a singing line that keeps trying to emerge. And, and by the end of the movement, uh, we get to hear it in its entirety, uh, in a very sort of broken vocal rendition So in terms of our 
methods of collaboration um, resulting in this piece, I think one thing that was really interesting to both of us was to work on a system of taking what Susan was experimenting with on the Santor and translating that into to something I could do on my violin and to using explorations, improvisations uh, in sound worlds that I was really interested on the violin and, and pairing that with uh, Susan's improvisations and, and seeing what could come out of the marriage of these two ideas. I did quite a lot of improvisations without writing any of it down and then would just send her recordings um, and then we would say, oh, I like, I like these 20 seconds, I like this technique, let's explore that further and just sort of poking, poking at musical moments that we were interested in uh, to come to come to material at the end that, that we wanted to use for the piece. So it was, it felt the whole process felt really organic. Um, and I think has also resulted in a, a written score that I really take as, um, yeah, as a, a map for improvisation, not, not, loose improvisation, but just a map for here are the, here are the points you can focus on and see what comes. The last movement is called Chainmail, which is the name for the most predominant weaving pattern used in Iranian carpets. It's quite a contrast to the previous three movements and begins with a rhythm taken from rituals of mourning, uh, so is really somber in, addi in addition to its intensity. And really gives me an opportunity to dig into the detuned strings in a more muscular manner and end the piece with a very vibrant energy.